Real is what you feel, feelings aren't real. Put your money down, raise your back, spin the wheel. Real is what you feel, feelings aren't real. Put your money down, raise your back, spin the wheel. Real is what you feel, feelings aren't real. Put your money down, raise your back, spin the wheel. Real is what you feel, feelings aren't real. Put your money down, raise your back, spin the wheel. I'm doing my sexy voice because my husband from another dimension is on Rulaska Thoughts with me. Now, I might be fake, but you know what's important to him? I'll tell you. The realness. Exactly. Alex Lefebvre is on Rulaska Thoughts. Hi, everybody. It's not your turn yet. <laughs> I'm taking it regardless. Yeah, you gotta let the music fades out there, Alex Lefev. But I wanted to, I wanted to say hi over the music. Eh, it's not that interesting. All right. I'll be honest. Was it really that interesting when you did it? No. I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I'm excited for you to talk about this show. I've literally recorded two different episodes about this episode, and so, <laughs> um, and we combined almost three hours of maybe even actually three hours of talking about an episode that was 90 minutes. No, no, it's 60 right. minutes without commercials. I've mm-hmm. talked 180 minutes about it. So I think I've exhausted everything I have to say about this episode. But you told me privately that you have a lot to say about this episode. But before we get into it, okay, let's talk a little bit about who you are. You are what, How do you describe what you do? I want you to say that way you're – I don't know. Cause what if I say he does this and you're like, don't say that, you know? Uh, yeah, so uh, I live in New York. I am a pianist, and so and that's many facets. So I do um, piano lessons. I play for um, Broadway shows. I play um, uh, vocal coachings. So you know, do vocal coachings. I do teaching and all sorts of variety when it comes to to music. So mm-hmm. yeah, if it, it's uh, musical theater and uh, piano, I'm probably there. Now, let me ask you this question. Let's just get this out of the way now. What if there's someone who lives in the New York City, the tri-state area, and they want to be taught by you, Alex Lefebvre, in voice? How do they get a hold of you? That would be amazing. They should go to www.alexlefevmusic.com. That's A-L-E-X-L-E-F-E-V-R-E-M-U-S-I-C.com. C-O-M. Now, you know... (laughs) <laughs> yes. I C-O-M. love that you did what my mom does and said www. Yeah. dot. And I was like, oh, I forgot that that's a thing. The w- it is a, w- I w- don't w- think you need it, though. If you're you on don't computer, need it anymore. You can just type yeah. in the website without it. But, you can just type in yeah. alexlefevmusic.com. Was alexlefevre.com already taken? Yes, it was. By whom? I don't know. There's a guy, I think, uh, well, I haven't looked in a long time, but originally there was a guy who wrote a book, mm-hmm. and uh, I've never met him. But yeah, he wrote a book. It's published. I think you can get it on Amazon. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he bought the website, but I don't think he uses the domain, but he did purchase it and hasn't given it up. Oh, do you ever check? You know, every so often do you check? You know, I probably should, but now at this point, I'm Alefev Music on most things, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Hmm. Now... Yeah. Let me ask you a different question. I was talking to a friend of the show, Joey Boohecker. Do you know who Joey Boohecker is? I know this Joey Boohecker. Oh, you actually know him personally? No, I wish I knew him personally, but I listen to his show, Cocktails and Cream Puffs. Oh, you do? I do. Well, when it's in my feed. So let me tell you that I was talking. He called me today uh, because, as everyone who on Patreon should know, I have another podcast called Catching Up. And I do a show with essentially a, a sociopath. And Joey had just heard the episode. He was on a cruise, so he was catching up and heard an episode where uh, my co-host saw a kidnapping in progress and then just kept going. So he wanted <laughs> to talk about that. And in doing so, I was telling him, um, again, and, and did, uh, Alex and I can nerd out here a little bit about musical theater, is I was, on a recent episode of Catching Up, I was talking about uh, I don't want to get into the whole fucking story, but basically a high school that I know of that has been writing knockoffs of famous musicals, okay, and doing their own versions of this musical so that they don't have to pay for the rights. And 
I was when I was talking to my friend John Paul about it, I also told him about Joey Boohecker, who created his own show because he lost the rights to some show. And I was talking about the Buffalo, New York theater scene. And just in talking about it, I told I can't remember if John Paul thought of this or I thought of it, but how it'd be like the world's greatest documentary. Mm. To do a documentary I'd watch that. following Joey Buhecker's, uh, the theater company he belongs to, O'Connell and Company, like Buhecker directing a show from beginning to end at O'Connell and Company, just, and just the different characters, including this Mary Kate O'Connell. So I was talking to Buhecker. Is this interesting at all? Am I boring you? Not at all. I would totally watch this yeah, show. So he, I go, so Buhecker's like, there's nothing, why would, there's nothing interesting about us. I don't know, your batons, you're just ridiculous. And I go, first of all, you have a drag queen named Donna Sugars, who's your costume designer, who you're yeah. not currently talking to. You guys are on a Cold War. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, they're mm. not talking. A. Mm. So I go, and then this Mary Kate O'Connell, I just seen her on these. There's a local access, there's a local public access TV show. They all go on and promote the shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of obsessed with, she just seemed like a, a, a bizarro person. He's like, there's nothing interesting about her. I go, uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff about her. Trust me. He goes, "Mm, not really. You know what would be interesting, though, is don't, whatever you do talk to her, don't talk to her about her famous case. And I was like, what? And some bizarro case, he goes like, yeah, she doesn't want to talk about it, so don't put it in the documentary, but it is sort of fascinating. Uh, Like 30 years ago, she was uh, babysitting some kids in a house, and someone broke in and hit her in the head with a hammer. And I was like, what? And he goes, okay. yeah, the people were rich. And then through hypnosis, she realized it was the son. So then she uh, she got sued them and got all this money. And then they sued her back and got the money back. And then they counted. They, I was like, what is going on? The story was ridiculous. Like, look it up. Mary Kate O'Connell. Something, something, something. And I was like, it, it came up. It's true. Everything was it was true. But like, it's not that interesting, though. And I go, what do you thought? That I could do a documentary just on that case. But he said not to put it in, though. So is he going to be annoyed at you that you're talking about it on Rulaska Thoughts now? He didn't hear this show. <laughs> so anyway, want to fork over the two bucks for Rulaska Thoughts? No, I'm not going to give no. you a fucking penny. Now, what's funny is, you know, he fashioned himself a musical theater queen, and I guess at a certain time he was, you know, you know, pounding the pavement there in New York City. Hmm. And this is where I want to get your opinion on something. He goes, okay. you would be surprised. I would go to Broadway auditions for big shows, and I'd be right outside the door. And, and I would just hear people singing, and I was like really like you got an audition on broadway you're like how are you like it's they were so horrible now obviously you've been in these big time broadway theater auditions sure is this true (sighs) yes and no i mean you have to remember everybody on broadway has their role and their skill you're not going to get cast in a broad you're probably not going to be um even on the audition room if you don't have a talent of some sort now some people are really incredible dancers or have some mm-hmm. really incredible tricks, you mm-hmm. know, in their bag of tricks that mm-hmm. they can pull out. And singing for them, like, you have to be able to sing. Mm-hmm. But but if you put them up against a person whose primary focus is singing, they may not sound as good. So if you're outside the door thinking, like, well, who is that person? They could be going for an ensemble role, like something that's a featured thing. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. not necessarily that you're always going to be the person singing the love ballad. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, there's definitely varying degrees. But again, like, you wouldn't want to see Patti Lapone doing a, a, you know, a dance number off uh, opposite one of the chorus people. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see her at a dance call. But do you think, think Patty Lapone's voice is that good? <laughs> um, yeah, I do. Uh, it's very unique, but I would say that, you know, if you go back and listen to Evita, those recordings, I mean, she was a powerhouse. I mean, she's an older lady now. I think she's still great and can still communicate a song really well. I'm, I am actually a big fan. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, if anybody doubts her vocal prowess, check out um, the Evita cast recording. Is there anybody that you doubt their vocal prowess that you want to say on the air right now? No, <laughs> just because I work in musical theater. So, you know, 
um, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And yes, there are people that um, I may not uh, flock to the theater to go see. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it could be uh, also for a role. Like somebody that I really, really love could be um, not right for a role. So, you know, and then it's like, oh, I wouldn't really want to see that person that I love doing that, you know, so. Now, a a, a, a friend of mine, I don't want to say who it is. Okay. Is going to go see this Donna Star musical. Okay. Okay. And he said, he goes, I heard it's horrible, but I'm going to go see it. He's going with a VIP to see this musical. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to say whether you've heard it's horrible? Yes, I've heard it's horrible. Yes, I have heard it's horrible. I have not personally seen it, Mm -hmm. so I can't vouch for that personally. But yes, I've heard it's not good. But here's what I understand. It has to be the book. Because I imagine Donna Summer has enough hits that if you're doing one of these shitty jukebox musicals, that that you have the songs, they're the hits. All you got to do is write a decent book. Oh, totally. And the weird thing about the book is that it's got this same setup as the Cher show that's coming to Broadway um, next year, next mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. where they have um, Donna Summers in three different stages of her life, the mm-hmm. young, the middle-aged, and the older. Yeah. And the Cher show has the exact same formula for their show. So, But are you hearing that's I saw, good? I saw the, the opening. I was working, actually, on the Cher show. I was rehearsal pianist for them when they were mm-hmm. developing here in the city mm-hmm. before Chicago. And that worked really well. I thought the book was, was excellent. So I don't know what the Donna Summers musical, Summer the musical, has really um, dropped the ball. But I think you're probably right because the music's fun. Yeah. Now, yeah. do they have this song in there? Yes, they did. Now, do they work it into the show, or that she's just singing this song? This particular song, um, I don't remember. Like, does Cher actually go see like a fortune teller in the show? No, 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 no. They're like, um, (laughs) I don't remember how they did this one. To be honest, wasn't one of the ones. Are they all doing Jersey Boys, where it's like the story of the singer and they're singing their songs? Yes, exactly. It's the story of her life. So it goes through the different phases of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So are you ready to talk about this episode, uh, Alex Lefebvre? I am ready. I am chomping at the bit to talk yeah, about you, this episode. You said, uh, you told me, you said that uh, uh, you uh, had a lot to say about this episode. I have a lot to say about this episode. Okay, let, yes. let, let's start. We'll start in big pieces. I'm not going to do a whole recap, but okay. let's start with the reading challenge, the mini challenge. Yes. What were your thoughts yes. on the mini challenge? The reading challenge. Okay, the problem I've found recently is that people just don't want to call a spade a spade, and I think the reading challenge sucked. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they nailed it at all. Um, because I'll give you an example. Yeah. So everybody's going to go and say, oh, well, what about Jujube? And, you know, is your is your barbecue canceled because your grill is fucked? Okay, yeah. that's legendary. We get it. But I'm going to give the example of Dieter Ritz. Okay. So Dieter Ritz is somebody that if you remember Dieter Ritz, you would remember her for her lip sync to This Will Be. Yeah. Friend of Natalie Cole. Amazing. But the rest of Dieter Ritz, like... She's a great queen, but I don't think she was necessarily ever in the running for the crown. Mm -hmm. But her reading, I thought was pretty funny. I remember when she looked at Sharon Needles and was like, does it smell in here? Oh, no, that's just Sharon Needles. Yeah. Like, not exactly the funniest read you've ever, you know, not a, a, a guffaw. But certainly a respectable one where it's like you looked at Sharon Needles. I'm like, yeah, I could see you in the back of an underground bar. You probably do stank, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and so I I respected Dita for that. And I remembered that yeah. in that season with such incredible readers like mm-hmm. Sharon Needles, like Willem, like people that, you know, just you would expect this from. Yeah. And I felt that the other people up there, like I really expected great crafted reads mm-hmm. from Monet exchange from Miss cracker. Um, and I just felt like the others, I wanted more. I wanted more from Cameron. Come on. That's the best you've got. Really? Look, didn't, I, um, I'll be honest with you. Didn't really... Better than I thought it would be. 
Well, I don't know. I actually think Cameron's a pretty great queen, and I've been kind of blaming the fact that she's just a normal person who doesn't want to act the fool, so therefore it doesn't get camera time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was disappointed by her reads. I was disappointed by most everybody's, to be honest. I thought Eureka was kind of funny, um, but her thing about uh, Cameron wasn't even a read. That was just an observation. Yeah. <laughs> so, she, she wanted Cameron so, to yeah. fuck her. She said she wanted to fuck Cameron. Yeah. And what about Monet's read for Cracker, where she said that she got to the top by fucking Bob the Dry Queen? I mean, I don't know. It's okay. I was. It was like a mildly amusing. Wasn't she the one who also talked about Vixen's Kitchen? No, that was Eureka. Oh, that was Eureka. That was great. That made me laugh. Now, Jay Vixen's Ellis and I did not know what that meant. What does that mean? Oh, kitchen is like the hair in the back of your, you know, that, that's sticking out in the back of your um, neck. Oh, it is down there. That's what that. Yeah, it's a it's a hair term, and especially and, for African American. And what was what's wrong with Vixen's kitchen? Apparently, it's not good. Apparently, it's everybody was talking about Vixen's hair. That kind of seemed to be one of the themes. Yeah, it seemed to be something they all knew about, but no one else did. Right. So okay, so that was who did, did the right person win the reading challenge? Yeah, I would say the right person won the reading challenge because to me, the genuine laughs came from Eureka. So mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily that she was really reading that well, but I was, but I laughed at her. I laughed when she said, okay, and now everybody's going to talk about me being fat. I thought it was funny. Like, okay. it's like, yep, that's what I've been expecting. So, you know, the fact that she called out the elephant in the room, that is funny. And then some of her things, the thing with Cameron was funny when she said, just fuck me. Like, mm-hmm. and I like the Vixen's Kitchen. So overall, yeah, I'd give it to her. All right. Now, the other big moment, obviously, was the Snatch Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go character by character. And I'm going to see what I can do by memory. First, we have okay. Monique Hart as Maxine Waters. Your thoughts? Yeah. She had great makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of Monique's. I think Mo- America, Monique is stunning. Uh-huh. I love Monique. I, I think she's a, a fantastic queen. Um, I thought her orange Cheeto idea was good. Like, if she would have kind of gone with that a bit more and hadn't known, but why do you choose a politician as a Snatch Game character? That's just such a bad choice. Like, mm-hmm. they're not funny people for the most part. I mean, if you've got a politician that's involved in scandals or somebody that's made, like, major gaffes, but, like, Maxine Waters is not that funny. So I don't know. She hasn't done anything that you could latch on to as being, you know, racy or ludicrous. Like, she's just a pretty decent politician who doesn't like Republicans. Okay, now Cameron Michaels as China. I thought she did pretty well. I mean, uh, you didn't get to see a lot of her on the screen, but um, China's a great character. It's an interesting thing. She relied on that stupid crutch of lowering her voice, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, I'm not a fan of. But but I thought she did well. I mean, overall, I she held her own. Uh, do math memory. Okay. Oh, Ms. Cracker as Dorothy Parker. Disgraceful. <gasps> Um, Interesting. She she should know better. I'm sorry. She's a New York City queen. She ch- the fact that she's chose Dorothy Parker. Good for you. Good for you for knowing who Dorothy Parker is for trying mm-hmm. to bring that to the children. Mm-hmm. But like, she's a wise cracker that works. You're Ms. Cracker. Mm-hmm. But like beyond that, I don't think she was funny at all. I was looking at her being like, really? If this was Alaska doing it, maybe. If this was Ben De La Creme, mm-hmm. I could see it working. But Ms. Cracker, just she's supposed to be the one that to watch, and she was the one that got lost in the mix. Do you think maybe they're, they're confusing quirky with funny? And so they're giving Cracker the comedy queen sort of handle, but really she's just a quirky queen? I could see that. Um... I definitely could see that. But, like, Bob is a funny queen. If that's who you're learning from, if that's who you're taking the reins from, then I would think that you would pick up on some of that. Mm -hmm. I don't – I mean, in a club, what do we think of as quirky? Like, she's got to be telling jokes and hosting an evening. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. If she can't host an evening and move things along, like, she's got to be able to tell a couple of jokes to make that work. Yeah, but I think there's a a difference between telling like bar jokes at a drag show and then pulling off Dorothy Parker. Well, yeah, but that's why you don't pick Dorothy Parker. I well, mean, that's I think... somebody that you have to be. Re- I mean, you have to be a Dorothy Parker. You have to be somebody who is that, you know, quick with the quips. And well, I think it's almost I impossible did... to predict as well. Even Dor- I don't think even Dorothy Parker would struggle on the show. But yeah, it could be. It, I mean, it, you know, you have a whole lifetime. There's like 
20 quotes, you know, something like that. But it's one of these things, though, you know, we were talking about it. I was talking about it with Jay Ellis earlier. Everyone should know. Mm. I've recorded it, but I highly doubt Alex has listened to that yet. And um, one of the things I was saying that would be, it would have been interesting to sort of take what Alaska did with Mae West and then just taken Dorothy Parker's quotes and ex- made them absurd. Mm. You know, so it, taking those quotes, so that way you don't have to think of your own Dorothy Parker quote. You're taking a Dorothy Parker quote and then just making it dirty or extending the absurdity of it. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that might that does made, make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, she was safe, and I don't know if that would, it would have made her win, but at least it would have made her more memorable. I agree. You know, I think the thing about Cracker that I like is when they showed in the beginning of The Untucked, she was genuinely, like, nervous that she would not be safe. She did not think she did a good job. And in most seasons, she didn't, compared to most seasons, she did not. But Mm -hmm. compared to the rest of the girls, she was safe. Yeah. And I think that spoke more about the other girls' performances than it did about hers. What did you think of Asia O'Hara as Beyonce? I mean, I almost want to pass on this one. It's just so deplorable that she decided to do Beyonce. I mean, I I think actually when she started out, she sounded like Beyonce and Mm -hmm. she vaguely resembled her. And I was like, okay, well, you kind of look like her. You definitely sound like her. You do have that. But um, yeah, her choices about it were just, it it was too hard of a character to try to pull off. There's nothing funny about Beyonce and Mm -hmm. um, except, you know, being in an elevator i guess like that was the funniest moment i could think of a beyonce or falling but um the gays love her and she thought that she could nail that because she looks like her and can sound like her but but why does still again, 10 years in well actually nine years in for the sh- for the snatch game are people still are tw- drag queens falling for this same i can look like beyonce therefore i'm gonna do her in the snatch game why do they think it's like a looking like the person contest a really good question and uh i don't know is she like a bb zahara benet that didn't bother to watch the show that's kind of what i was thinking about because um one of the bizarre things i found about asia was that whole list of o'hara's that rue led her down in one of the Mm -hmm. earlier episodes and she didn't mention fifi who's her drag daughter i thought that was very odd in fairness i have to rewatch it but when people brought it up i remember thinking there was kind of a hard edit there and then they oh, were, could be. That they, they took just left her, her out. Yeah. <laughs> could be. But you would think that, like, they would have a discussion before Asia was on the show, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to my drag daughter who's been on there and been screwed over. Like, we should have a phone call about her experience before I get on there. And Fifi's first Snatch Game, if you remember, was Gaga. horrendous Lady Gaga. Yeah. And then she came back for mm-hmm. All Stars, and she did Teresa Caputo. Now, Teresa Caputo was not a winner, but I thought she was respectable. I thought she was funny. I thought mm-hmm. she picked on to like picked up what the snatch game is about. Yeah. So to me, this Beyonce was definitely a Lady Gaga, and I'm like, come on, you should at least be able to turn in a Teresa Caputo. Give me a break. Wow, look at you with your homework. Monet Exchange is Maya Angelou. Okay, she did good. I didn't genuinely laugh at anything. She the one thing where she rhymed the bitch. I think that was like getting a ditch and I'm a bitch, a bad bitch, mm-hmm. or whatever her rhyme, her poem was. That was a, like a mild laugh, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It wasn't a huge one. I thought she did well, but again, I mean, I'm biased because I live in New York, but I have a really high standard for my New York queens. I know to be a queen in this town, you have to just be stellar. And, um, you know, I hold them to a, I, I hold them accountable for it. And I thought Monet did well. She did well, but I expected her to do well. So I'm not going to, you know, go above and beyond for that. Aquaria. Aquaria. Um, uh, Melania studied. Trump. Yeah. I mean, Aquaria did her homework, which I really appreciated. I think Aquaria knocked it out of the park. Like she's somebody that, you know, we've been sleeping on as far as these acting challenges. And Mm -hmm. she's nailing them. She did great. I mean, Melania Trump, um, I think of Laura Benanti did um, uh, Melania Trump on The Tonight Show or something. And she's one of those characters that you can do in like an SNL forbidden Broadway type way that Mm -hmm. really works. She's got isms that you can latch on to. It was smart. It was studied. She gets an A. She deserved the win, I think. Uh, next, we have uh, uh, the Vixen as Blue Ivy. Girl. Yeah. I actually really love the Vixen. Mm-hmm. I think oh, the Vixen's do. great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's very relatable. 
Um, I, I have, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Vixen. So you're She's somebody so, so, that... so let, like, let's, let's break this down because we're going to get into the Vixen later. But okay. so you're saying, let's just say, I'm not spoiling anything. It could be, it can go either way. But I'm just saying, up to this point, you've yeah. been a very pro Vixen. You're saying, yes. Okay. And yes. but what were your thoughts on her Blue Ivy Charles? I mean Carter, Blue Ivy Carter. <laughs> I mean, just dumb. Why the hell would you pick that? This is a, it's not even a, it's barely a person. It's a child who doesn't have a personality. If it has a personality, we're not allowed to see that personality. It hasn't Mm -hmm. been displayed a la, you know, Honey Boo Boo. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not somebody who has a reality TV show that we're uh, privy to see the personality. The only thing we know is that it's Beyonce's kid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know. I, I just, it was a bizarre choice, especially for the Vixen that, does so many activist things in Chicago. There's so many great um, African-American heroes that you could have sent it up, you know, sent up and like get people's awareness about that would have been, I think a lot more fun. So Maxine I don't know. Waters? I was a little disappointed in that choice. Uh, what did you think of the interaction between Asia's Beyonce and Vixen's Blue Ivy? Horrible. Horrible. It made both of them look bad. Um, it just generalized Vixen. Like, I kind of wonder if what Vixen would have been like if um, Asia wasn't there. Like, what she would have played off of. Because she did play off of Asia. But um, I think to her detriment, it was kind of like she just became the spoiled kid then, whining. And Asia just became, like, a monster. A mean, horrible, like a, you know, I don't know, like a Joan Crawford. <laughs> it's bizarre. <laughs> and so, then what about Eureka as Honey Boo Boo? Fabulous. I mean, Eureka did a great job when she said, I'm Alana. I was mm-hmm. like, yep, she's got it. She got it in the bag. Like, that was great. But, you know, I did miss some stuff, though. I enjoyed when she did the drawing, the picture. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. By the end, I think it became a crutch that just kind of stifled her a little bit. Like, there mm-hmm. might have been something lost in the edit, in the edit but... um. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear about go-go juice. I wanted to hear about Skeddy. Like there's so many like silly things about honey boo boo that I think we didn't get. So yeah, I would have liked a little bit more, but it's just because she did a great job and I'd like more because it was good. What about, okay. So we've, we've covered any, we covered everything you have to say about the snatch game. Do you have anything else? Did we miss anything on the snatch game? No, I think that was, I mean, you know, that's pretty much what it was. It was pretty good. And then like, what we said was pretty good. The snatch game itself was pretty bad, but <laughs> like going through the girls, I think that was that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Okay, now early on in the show, in the very first act, actually, Eureka mm-hmm. and the Vixen have a conversation. Eureka's trying to be nice to the Vixen. The Vixen sort of snaps back at Eureka about uh, being a role model and poking the bear. And then uh, in the workroom on Elimination Day, they kind of get into it a little bit where the Vixen says Eureka was stepping on everybody. And then on the main stage, after the challenge, after the runway, RuPaul asks all the queens who they would send home. And the Vixen starts off with Eureka and starts attacking Eureka, and then they get into it on the main stage. And then later on Untucked, there's a big chunk of that that's the Vixen v. Eureka, but also it's the Vixen versus almost the entire cast. So what were your thoughts on the whole storyline of the Vixen this episode you know um i still stand behind the vixen i think the vixen went a little too far i think that um there are things that happened now i don't mean to be conspiracy theorist here but i think there's things that happened that we didn't see i think there was conversations and deals made that the vixen was relying on those girls to pull through that just didn't happen um for instance, I'll, I'll explain myself. So I think that the Vixen expected the other girls to back her up on that runway and say, Eureka's been annoying. They're a la what happened in season two, that they were like, there's things about Tyra that you're not seeing. And they all backed Tatiana up about that. And I think she was expecting that was going to happen on the stage. Like, yes, Eureka's been very annoying. Mm-hmm. Eureka's doing well in this competition. She's winning. She seems likable. Vixen is seeing this, but she's saying, you know, I'm getting the horrible, angry black girl edit. And uh, Eureka's running off with the crown. The girls, come on. We have to say that, like, you know, on the main stage, Eureka's not exactly what y'all are seeing. I think that was the plan. Mm-hmm. And the plan obviously backfired big time so it made vixen look not good 
Um, it made everything that the Vixen has done up to this point look just like an angry black person. And mm-hmm. that's not what I think she's she has been. She's been bringing up excellent points. And unfortunately, this turn kind of makes people distrust her or, or sours what she's said and done. And I really feel badly about that. And um, what about... Okay, so moving on to the next topic. Monique Hart. Sure. She's poor... And then she's eliminated, yeah. and she doesn't know the well, words to the lip sync. To go back yeah. to well, uh, her attack with Monique and Asia. I think Vixen. Uh, so the thing with Eureka is is one thing, but I think Vixen nailed the did a, nailed it on the head with Asia and um, Monique. They were like, "Well, we're in the bottom." And when it came down to it, they were like, "We're just going to put. We're going to say Vixen because if it's not if it's not me, it's going to be Vixen. We're all in the bottom together." And they piled up on her. And that that's what happened. And she called them out and they were and they were giving pageanty answers in Untucked and Vixen had had it. So, um, I, I, you know, that's my opinion on what happened there. Now, as far as Monique not having money, I believe that's true. Her outfits didn't look like she had money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it kind of that's pretty clear. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that. um the fact that she got this far making her outfits at the last minute, I do believe that she was making outfits at night at the hotel when she should have been listening to the iPod. But why but, couldn't she listen um, to that while she was uh, sewing? She could have. She certainly could have. And she certainly could have during the Untucked. That's the part I really can't explain is during the Untucked filming while she was not listening. But maybe at that point she just knew, like, I'm exhausted. I'm not there. I'm not going to make it. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I thought about this as I was thinking about Monique. I um, I speak Italian. I work on Italian because I learned it from books and from school, not from living in Italy or from family that spoke it. Oh, really? And yeah. And at this point, I'm fluent or very, very close to being incredibly fluent. So um, it's something I'm very proud of. It's something I love. It's something I work on every single day. Whether it's you know watching TV or reading a newspaper or listening to a podcast, whatever. Um, but if I just have like Italian music playing in the background, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not really focusing on what they're saying, it can just wash over me. It doesn't stick in my head the way that if I'm actually sitting down and concentrating on it. Like maybe some of it will. Some of the hooks that come mm-hmm. over and over again, I'll get. But it's not like I could just come back to you and start spitting out the words. And I feel like it's got to be the same way for a drag queen. Like you can't have a general sense of these words. You have to be so specific that unless you're putting in your entire concentration on those words for that lip sync, that I don't think you're going to get it. So you could, you're saying you couldn't just sew and listen to the words and get it? I don't think so. I don't think I could be doing two things at once. I think you really have to be focused on just listening to it so that's my opinion that's how my brain works at least like i need to you know i can kind of get i would be able to kind of get it Mm -hmm. but not but not enough to that i would want to perform on national tv was there any part of the show that we've sort of missed like little moments that you're like oh you didn't mention this i really want to talk about that well we didn't talk at all about the runway but i didn't expect (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hate talking about the looks. I hate, but go ahead. What do you want to say about the runway? I don't know. Uh, you can talk. Just, here's the deal. You can talk as long as you want about the runway. I just don't expect me to chime in. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that's strange is that people are upset about the um, the wheelchairs. And to that, it's like, I, I, I can't I can't fathom that. Because as soon as they came out, I was like, Bette Midler. Of course, Bette Midler. And Ruth you know? directly said it. Yeah. And showed a picture of Bet. Put a picture of Bet in the wheelchair, on the screen. But maybe they didn't make. Well, that's another thing, though. Why wasn't Bet Midler the guest judge? I mean, I like Audra McDonald, but isn't that a little bizarre that like it's not Bet Midler as a judge? Do you think they can get Bet Midler to be a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah, I do think so. Why not? <laughs> okay. They I got Bette- Audra McDonald. There's a difference between Bette Midler and Audra McDonald. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess. I think because you're Broadway, you do you like they're the same person. I'd, in fact, I like Audra McDonald more. Right. Yeah, but uh, for the rest of the world, yeah. I was talking to someone, and I, I don't remember. It might have been, it might have been Evan actually, who was like, "I guess Audra McDonald's a pretty big deal." And I go, 
Yeah, she's a very big deal, especially if you're a Broadway person. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she's a big deal for, for Broadway people, for sure. Yeah, but I think for anyone who's not Broadway, there's like, whatever. Yeah, I could see that. I was I trying to think that. of what – could you name what shows you won six Tonys for? Yes, I could. <gasps> Can you really? Well, I might struggle with some of them. Okay. Shoot. Oh, man. Well, certainly Masterclass was her first. Um, she won the Tony for that. Uh, I'm going to say Ragtime. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, beyond that. Masterclass, that's the one about Maria Callas? Yes. She, she was, was in a that? student in oh, that she one. Was student. Okay. Yeah. Masterclass Ragtime. What else did she win for? Um, I feel like she would. I don't know. I'm, I'm literally making this up. Yeah. Right? But I feel she would have been in a production of Porgy and Bess and would have won. She was in a production of Porgy and Bess, and I think she did win. It was most recently. She also did Carousel. I think she went for Carousel, too. Okay. So we're up to Porgy and Bess, Carousel, um, Masterclass, Ragtime, and then there's two more. I think another one might have been just acting, too. I'm not entirely... It could have been Lady Day at Emerson Bar and Grill. I think she might have won for that, too, which was also pretty recently. So uh, now the entire gay Broadway community is throwing tomatoes at me, being like, "Alex, how do you not know these Tony Awards?" No, I but... think I think there's a bunch of people who are like, "Why well, can't believe you knew one of them?" <laughs> right. Regardless, um, she, I think she's, I think she's one of the people who's like, in, like she's almost like a Tommy Tune. Like mm. outside of Broadway, is anyone going crazy for Tommy Tune? No, but I don't know that Tommy Toon has done work outside of Broadway, though. I know Audra has done film and TV work, so. Yeah. I don't know. Would you lose your mind if you met Tommy Toon? No, I wouldn't lose my mind. Who would you lose your mind but if I'd be you a... met? Hmm. I don't know that I would lose. I mean, I would lose my mind. They're not Broadway, though. I'd lose my mind over Cher. Oh, you would? That would be a good one. They were saying that Cher was going to come in and watch um, a run through of this Cher musical. And it was after my contract was over and I was so crestfallen because Uh I would have lost my shit if Cher walked in. Uh But I also told the music team, I said, it's probably good that I'm not here because I would totally lose it if Cher walked through the door right now. What's funny is uh, in Malibu, and I'm not the only one who does this, Cher's house is sort of like a... a, a a marker of where you are in Malibu because Malibu is this one very long, thin stretch. Mm-hmm. And so Cher's house is in a very, uh, uh, a, a very obvious point. I know there's a, hmm. a word I'm trying to get. I can't get, think of it right now. Uh, conspicuous. It's very conspicuous. And, okay. um, and so often and it's at, the, it's at the, not the top of a hill, but there's a big steep, uh, hill that go right after it so it's actually right by where bruce jenner killed was it bruce or caitlin who killed the person i don't know where she was in the transition but oh. um remember when she hit the with the car hit the person i don't killed, but, oh, okay. but okay it's like it's literally like you can see it from Cher's house but like people will go like oh, oh is it past Cher's house or before Cher's house or like but uh mm. anyway so Cher's house anyway but i've never seen Cher. I just know mm. she, I know where her house is and where she lives. I think that's a pretty good one, though, right? I mean, that's somebody that would you be excited to meet Cher or no? No. no. Who I would have... you? Who would be your celebrity? Gosh, a celebrity that I would lose my. I think I would actually lose my shit if I ever met Sondheim. And I'm not, not, not and I, it's not an obvious one because you're a Broadway person. I'm just saying it because Broadway. Right. I think he's mm. one that I would lose my shit over. Um. Mm. He's Obama? pretty good, yeah. Obama? I feel, though, that Sondheim, it seems with Broadway people, that is, I don't know if he is anymore, as old as he is, but was fairly accessible for a long time. I feel like everyone had their own Sondheim stories. Yeah, I know a lot of people that have worked with him and know him. I mean, I, I also work in the field. I've never met him. I would love to meet him. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd fall over, though, about Stephen Sondheim. I mean, I really love his work. But I don't know that I like just actually meeting him. I, it's hard to say though. Like, but you work in it's the same thing with film. Things like if he heard me play or something, I would be shaking. You know, like something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I feel like, um, 
Which is so funny because, you know, I went to – it's so funny that you say that. I went to – I have no idea why this was at the Orange County Performing Arts Center for one night, okay? Mm. But when I went to Sondheim and James Lapine in conversation with Mo Rocca and the original cast of Into the Woods – Ooh, lucky. Yeah, and have you heard the story in Catching Up where I, how I got these, like, amazing tickets and whatnot for, like, really cheap? I didn't. I don't think so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I pulled one of my old Joe Batanz tricks, and oh, nice. I wanted to go see. It was sold out. Like, of course, you know, it was a one night thing. And um, I did my trick where I, I go. There are a ton of people who are selling them for like eight hundred dollars a ticket. So I just mm. went and I sat and I. This is true. I feel like you just have to be prepared to miss a little bit of the show, mm-hmm. you know. And I sat there and I struck up a conversation with one of the scalpers. And I said, once that bell, that like two minute bell or five minute bell hits, that chime hits in the theater, their tickets start depreciating significantly. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like it's, it's so like I just waited there. And then finally he was like, how much do you have on you? And I go, 150. He goes, all right. Gave you 150. And it was like 10th wow. row center. I was sitting <gasps> behind Andrew Rannells. You know? Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. And it was like amazing. It was like everything I wanted it to be and more. And like, you know, they, they you know, they, they didn't do the whole, they didn't do a run through of the whole show, but each of the cast members they they sang the hits from Into the Woods. Let's say that. Mm. And it was like the original jazz, the original cast, you know. And they would wow. tell stories, and it was so cool and so amazing. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad I went to this. But the point is, there was it was just a piano player who would play the songs. And I was thinking like, is this guy just like so scared right now of fucking up? I mean, it's not just because Sondheim's there, but like this pack theater and then the original guy. I mean, it's, it's such a, a big moment. And yeah. I, hmm. I, I mean, if he's playing there, it's obviously somebody who's played for Sondheim before. So he's probably unfazed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh. But uh, yeah, he's like, oh, no, there went another time I'm playing woods. You know, <laughs> he's probably like thinking about where he's going to go eat afterwards. And, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's terrible to say, but could be. Who knows? Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, that, 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 I mean, I'm trying to think of other people, but like, yeah, people often do that to me with um, film stuff. And for some reason, that the film stuff doesn't phase me, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, maybe I'm like not a, certain I'm not people. A big but like, yeah. movie person. So, I don't know that I would be like you know, leaping to see certain people and just living in New York. Like we do see certain people like Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep and people that, you know, we see them, they're here, they're walking around and it's like, you're not going to run up to them like a fool. I'm just not that person to mm-hmm. like, you know, stalk somebody or even ask for a photo or something. You know, they don't want that. No, no, so no, let them meet their dinner. That. I would never. So do I don't know um, about a movie person, but probably some of the Broadway people is the people that I would be, but it'd have to be somebody with a major legacy Broadway person. Carol Channing. Like, um, yes, like a Carol Channing. Now, there you go. Or like Eliza Minnelli uh-huh. or uh, a Cheetah Rivera. These are all people that like, you know, the one namers. You can mm-hmm. just say Cheetah, boom. Liza, boom. You could even say Carol and people would be like Channing. So, you know. Bernadette? That, um, Bernadette. I mean, I wouldn't be that excited for Bernadette, but you know, I did think earlier today that's who I'd be for Snatch Game. Oh, you'd be Bernadette Peters. I'd be Bernadette Peters, and I would like, sing to Rue and have this like really low cut dress. Uh-huh. I'm a redhead, so I'd have the big red flowing wig, and I'd have a little stuffed dog. She's obsessed with dogs, and Broadway barks is her charity. Like, mm-hmm. I would, I think that'd be a perfect one. She's just, you know, she's a character. Uh, now let me. Who ask would you, you be for Snatch Game, Joe? Who would I be for? I never even thought about this. Who would I would be for Snatch Game? It's a good one, right? Yeah, that is a good question. I've never, you know, we've done this show for so many seasons, and we've never asked each other that question. Who would I be for Snatch Game? I think I would be. I would want to do someone random. That's why I want to think about it. I think I'd go with the, hmm. like the Alaska route, or properly do. I wouldn't do Dorothy Parker, but what Miss Cracker was going for, what Ben was going for, I would do something like someone. Off, like someone you wouldn't think about, someone random. Like, like that's why I thought when Ben did um, Paul Lind, that was so perfect. Oh yes, like that yes. was such a, a. I was surprised no one had done it. That's how perfect it was. Mm. Um, I thought I'd have to think about it. It'd be someone like that. It would mm-hmm. be like um, 
a person that you wouldn't think of as funny but could be very funny and and you take them and you make them absurd uh yeah, so I'm trying. You have to give me some time. Stephen Sondheim. I'd be Stephen Sondheim on Smash <laughs> No. Uh, well, Bernadette Peters could sit right next to him. She'd have a lot to say. Oh yeah, I'm sure they just... play off each other for that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have. To, I have to think. That's a good question. I never, ever, ever thought about that. I. I don't know. I'm also not good at doing characters, unless I'm doing like Boo Hacker, you know, or like Evil John. Joey Boohacker would be thrilled if that's who you were for Snatch Game. Yeah, what if he would I, be all over what it. What if I was his... So everyone should know Joey Boohacker has, has an alter ego a female drag character named Betsy Carmichael. <gasps> Betsy what if, Carmichael. What if I was Betsy Carmichael for a Snatch Game? <gasps> that's amazing. <laughs> that would be so good if we did that. So, uh, okay, so Alex, let's just start wrapping this up. Let me ask you this question. Sure. The episode in general, what grade do you give it? A through F. And you can do pluses or minuses. D. I give really? it a D. I give it a D, but I give the I give the untucked a B plus because as much as, you know, people might not agree with what she was doing, the Vixen is great TV. Mm-hmm. I was glued. So so yeah. But the overall I was really disappointed with the show, with the reads mm-hmm. and with the snatch game. So it was not good for me. And who are you liking? Who 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 would be your not necessarily who you predict? Uh, you you, okay. you you don't like the spoilers, right? Uh, I'm like on the fence. You know, I know some, but I'm not a person that goes on Reddit. So okay, so yeah. who then? Then let's not do a prediction. Then let's do a who do you like for top three? Who would you want to be your top three? Mm, that's tough because Monique just went home, and I would have put her in my top three. But from the girls that are left. Mm-hmm. Who would I put in the top three? I would put Aquaria. Mm-hmm. I would put Vixen, the okay. Vixen. All right. And I would put, oof, this is tough. It's between Miss Cracker and Monet. But, um, huh. You know what? I think I'd give Miss Cracker the edge. So Miss Cracker, Aquaria, and the Vixen, and that's my top three. And you like the Vixen's looks and everything. People, some people think her looks are kind of sloppy. Uh, they are a little sloppy, but you know the thing about it is, um, Eureka, Asina, I'm with Vixen on this. Eureka decided decided to stir shit up by saying that she was a crafty queen, and like that's kind of a slur. But she wasn't about the Vixen. Um, yeah, no, she said that to she said that to Vixen. She's like, oh, well, you would understand Monique's um, you would understand Monique's look because you're also a crafty queen. So mm-hmm. she got she got both of them in that. No, hold on. And for that's a second. why I thought she was saying it to like Monique. Mm, she might have. Well, you know, I, I don't know. We'd have to roll the tapes about that. Mm-hmm. Have to roll the tapes. Vixen got involved, obviously. Oh, no, no Vixen got involved. <laughs> She got involved and she took it personally. But crafty queen's a kind of a not a nice thing to say. But Vixen is a crafty queen in a positive way. Like last week, I got so angry at Drag Race because they put up that side by side photo of Miss Cracker and the Vixen. Now, Miss Cracker's hair, you know, my fair, my fair hair lady, or my hair lady, whatever you want to, whatever stupid pun you want to give for her, looked fabulous. It did mm-hmm. look fabulous. I'm not taking anything away from her look. Vixen's look with those wicker hats that mm-hmm. she sewed together. Give me a break. Of course it doesn't look polished. She's trying to like sew an outfit out of hats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not fabric that you usually make a dress out of. Of course it's not going to look as polished compared to Miss Cracker's look. But that doesn't diminish how incredibly creative it was. So I, I really didn't appreciate that side-by-side comparison and saying, oh, well, then Miss Cracker wins. I'm like, well, they're very different materials and very different looks. And I thought it was pretty banging that Vixen came out just wearing all hats. Hmm. My opinion. All right. So I think her runways have been pretty cool. I mean, I, and her face is always beat. I mean, it's, she, she's got a gorgeous face. I mean, this mermaid look, I agree. Like, looked a little boy in the chest. Like, I don't know that I would have done that. But um, I found, and I don't know, I found her to be pretty interesting. Like, her runways do catch my eye. So they don't maybe always look as, quote unquote, polished as some of the others. But mm-hmm. um, but she's she's somebody I remember and I'm talking about. All right. Well, look, you did a, you did a bang up job. You really did have a lot to say about this episode. 
I told you, I told you. I was like, oh yes, I have lots to say. I love, I love it because I watch the show, and you know, and then it's like you're done with the show, and thank God for Drag Race recap and you oh. and Taylor and Evan and the fact that like you know you have some place that feels like you know uh, people that think like you do, and even if they don't agree with everything. Um, it's just great to hear what you guys are saying, what the group of people on Patreon, what they've been saying in chat rooms and stuff. And it's really an incredible community you guys have created. So thank oh, you for wow. that. Oh, wow. Thank you. You have any other wonderful things to say about Drag Race? We don't hear a lot of wonderful things about Drag Race Recap. We hear a lot of like, uh, I hate you. I hate you. I hate <sighs> you. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. I've loved Drag Race Recap since season seven, and it's changed a lot over the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there have always been really great things. And I think the the number one is that you guys are very authentic. You know, you're very true to who you are, uh, for better, for worse. And I think, um, in my opinion, and I'm assuming most of the listeners who've paid money to listen to this, for better. Because um, we get to hear who you are and and... I can speak having talked to Joe off the air. He's an incredible person and really giving and kind. And I think that, that shines through in your reviews of drag race Queens too. Don't say that people might get the wrong impression that I'm nice. <laughs> okay. Bianca Del Rio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to say that. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? Uh, do you have a particular, do you, do you have a favorite RuPaul song that you like really like? Um, yeah. What I really like the realness. We just, just opened kidding. with that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I am the, probably the one that I like the best is the one that they can't play on the air, Supermodel. Oh, that's right. We never play that one. You're right. So why don't we go out on that? What? Yeah, there we go. You put then, a work. I know we got to deal with Joe. The one, the woman who played uh, of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, the sister-in-law and she was Sanford and Son. That's who this is. You ever watch Sanford yeah. and Son? I never watched Sanford and Son, no. All right, here we go. Well, hey. that's going to do it. Oh, I'm trying to move the volume up. Alex Bev. Joe Batan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I know. Well, thank you for being here. That was uh, the Rulaska Thoughts. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.